0: Carb Island Podcast with your hosts Derek and Tulane Smith, answering all your questions about a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle. Hi, and welcome to the Low Carb Island Podcast. I'm Derek. I'm Tulane. And we're excited to be back with you with episode number three.
1: Woohoo.
0: The first two episodes of the Low Carb Island Podcast with Jimmy Moore uh, went off the charts, really. We were very humbled to see it go to be the number one health podcast in Australia for a couple of weeks per episode.
1: Uh, It was such a shock to us. We had no idea we'd get such a response from everyone.
0: Just from our little podcast sitting here in our lounge room. And uh, we do have a couple of other episodes as well, which are nearly ready to go. They were recorded last year, but life just got silly busy, really.
1: That happens when you have a baby.
0: Yeah, we've got a newborn. Well, he's five months now.
1: He's five months.
0: And uh, I've also had a changing career, so we've spent a lot of time on the road and a lot of time adapting to our new life, basically.
1: Yeah, our life took a dramatic turn last year. Derek became a full-time musician, which has meant we travel as a whole family, Brady Bunch star.
0: There's Pilot now. (laughs) So life has thrown us some curveballs, some ups and downs this year, and taken a little bit to get used to, but we're getting into the swing of it now, and we're excited for 2016. We're going to have a lot more episodes of the Low Carb Island podcast coming out, interviews with some amazing LCHF, keto, banting, uh, paleo people from all over the world.
1: Experts, doctors, real life stories. Real
0: life stories I'm really excited about.
1: Very passionate about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got some even just we ran a challenge, a 100day challenge earlier in 2015, August to November. November, and we had a few hundred people in that challenge. The group overall, we lost in 100 days ,3429.6 kilos, so just under three and a half ton.
1: Which is just insane. Everybody was so committed and supportive. It was brilliant. It just gave me total faith in us as a lifestyle and yeah. a community..
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so some of those people from that challenge, we're going to be interviewing in coming podcasts, including hopefully Tash and Craig. Uh, They're from New Zealand. They're a couple that did the 100-day challenge together as a couple, and they lost 43.2 kilograms between them in 100 days. So, so proud of them, and hopefully going to get them on. It
1: was over 43 kilos between them. It's so good.
0: Yeah, we're super proud, and, and hopefully going to get them on the program. Also, we had Carla, who has Lipoedema. It's, it's a horrible, debilitating disorder and, and Carla's a member of Lipoedema Australia. She was involved in an awareness campaign with them earlier in 2015, but she joined us on the 100-Day Challenge.
1: Yeah, and just take note, it's extremely hard to lose weight with this disorder. And she lost over 11 kilos. Yeah, in
0: the the, 100 days. Yeah,
1: 11 kilos, which is just an amazing effort on her behalf.
0: Yeah, so we're hopefully going to have her on an episode as well. So this year, yeah, a lot of episodes coming up for the Low Carb Island podcast with interviews with experts, as well as real-life stories, a lot more recipes.
1: And listeners' questions.
0: Yeah, so... It's going to be a good year, and we are excited to see where Low Cup Island takes it.
1: Yeah, very excited.
0: So, for today's episode, we thought we'll cover a bit of our backstory. It's been a while since the first two podcasts came out, and we've got a lot of new uh, followers on the Facebook page since then.
1: Over 20,000.
0: Yeah, a lot of visitors to the website every month, over 10,000 visitors every month. So, we thought we'd cover a bit of our backstory, and I'll start with myself. Uh, My name's Derek, obviously, and I started my low-carb journey, yeah, I used the J word, Mm -hmm. back in December 2013, 30th of December, actually. Um, I'd done a bit of research for a few months. I'd, I'd put on a fair bit of weight over the years, and I'd tried a lot of diets. The problem was, with every diet, I'd end up gaining more weight back afterwards, and it was just a matter of how long the willpower could hold out, really. Um, every diet you know if you followed it strictly you could lose some weight but it wasn't sustainable and it wasn't always healthy so I did a a few months worth of researching because I knew I needed to lose weight I'd gotten to 143 kilograms and work life was hard I was always fatigued I was always stressed and it it was taking a toll on our relationship as well so I'd looked at a lot of different things and I came to the conclusion that a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle was the way to go. And I asked Delane to take some before photos for me. I posted them up on, at the time it was called Fat Man Do, my blog I started for my weight loss journey. And it started, I kicked off and immediately started seeing results. Delane was quite sceptical about it.
1: Yeah, I had the fears of everybody can relate to about his cholesterol, blocked arteries, all this high-fat How could it possibly be good for you?
0: All the nonsense that's drummed into us over the years with the dietary guidelines, the Heart Foundation tick and
1: Mm.
0: all the things they're telling us that just simply isn't true. Exactly. Studies paid for by big marketing. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist.
1: He does love a good conspiracy.
0: But, I mean, when the studies are paid for by the companies growing the crops and developing the cereals and the pastas and the rices and the packaged garbage.
1: When they can't be unbiased.
0: Yes. So, Tulane had a lot of fears that I was going to kill over and die, but to her surprise, within a couple of months I was healthier than ever. The weight was dropping off. I was full of energy. I was um, a lot more focused. I was a lot more happy. Yeah, a lot more day. confident
1: in himself and he was a different person. I used to jokingly refer to him as the grumpy old man and Life changed for him, which was a bit daunting for me at the time because I wasn't changing my life. So that led on to my story. I had watched Derek from the sidelines, as he said, mocking him, and then I started my journey with a couple of boiled eggs, and I had a lot of weight to lose. I was 169 kilos at my biggest weighing in. I had a lot of illnesses with my diabetes, depression, anxiety, uh, liver disease, it was a never ending battle for us, which had just become normal. Things most people would be scared of had just become normal for us. So I started my journey and within the first week, which a lot of people notice that first week of low carb high fat, you seem to have a big number. The
0: inflammation the inflammation goes down
1: straight away. So I lost eight kilos in my first week, which has just left me hooked. And it was the first time in my life I hadn't felt and never-ending hunger. I wasn't thinking about food Mm -hmm. constantly. Um, I was a lot more in control of myself and my emotions and so forth started to stabilise, as did my glucose levels. Yes. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey.
0: Now, you not only had the weight issues previously, but you're a type 2 diabetic.
1: I am, For those out there who don't know it, I have a type 2 diabetes. My levels used to average over 30 in Australian (laughs) standards, which is just... That was
0: on two types of insulin.
1: Yep. Um, Regularly hospitalised on drips. Yeah, regularly. You'll find some photos on our website of me looking very medicated. Um, it just become our normal. We never thought to question it. I followed the diabetes recommended diet, not all the time, majority of the time. Um, when I become frustrated and disillusioned, I'll just go back to old eating habits. And then when I started low carb, high fat, I wish I could say it was for those benefits, but that hadn't been why I started. Mm. It was just Derek was doing it. He hadn't pressured me into starting. So I began to take on some elements of it. I always say that I took on some elements, but from that first week, having seen such amazing results, I really did embrace it full time. I started with a couple of boiled eggs, but by the next day I was feeling not hungry and I didn't want to change that. So I really did embrace it straight away without overthinking it. Being 169 kilos, I have a lot of issues with food. Um, So that if I'd overthought it too much, Wouldn't have succeeded.
0: Keeping it simple, I believe, is the key, and that's one of the things we promote heavily. Is wherever you're at, you can start. There's always an ideal way of doing something, but that might not be the way you do it every single day of your life. Might not
1: be realistic for someone else, say me. As I said, at 169 kilos, yes, health should have been a main concern. But I'd given up hope. So if I'd had to think too much about it or felt too much pressure, it would have been overwhelming for me. So you can start wherever you have to start. And that includes the old saying, falling off the wagon. People who, you know, have those days where they've eaten carbs. You can start again. Just make this your normal every day and you'll come back to it.
0: That's it. And don't beat yourself up. Obviously, we recommend eating grass-fed meats, organic vegetables, all that stuff. But... There are times and there are seasons in life where you just have to make the best choices with, it, with yeah. what you're presented with. And the best worst choice on this way of eating is still better a million times worst. better than the worst worst, <laughs> the best worst choice. That was um, such a tongue guy. You know what I'm saying though? Like the, some of the junk that people eat and think they're eating healthy, I'd rather eat some of the bad stuff like this and keep on this way of eating and follow this lifestyle.
1: I agree. I'm I'm with that. So, you know, I'm never going to eat a huge big bunch of fruit per se, a huge amount of sugar, because I know that's going to impact my glucose level, but you will catch me having a low-carb, high-fat treat now and then, Yeah. because for me and a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, that's better suited. It's not the best of the best, but it's not the worst of the worst for my health.
0: I had to laugh today. I saw a thing on the internet. Someone had an ad. Um, for a Byron Bay organic donut.
1: Oh, Byron Bay organic 100% donut. 100%
0: organic donut. And I thought there's people out there going to see that and think, oh, there's a good healthy option because it's organic wheat, organic sugar. Organic coconut sugar. Organic, <laughs> this organic. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's still a donut.
1: It's still bad for you. Organic doesn't automatically make it good, yeah. healthy.
0: But that's the thing. There's so much confusing information out there with the way marketers work.
1: I was about to say misled marketing to sell a product and – the ability they have to confuse us as society is yeah. astounding.
0: So, yeah. So at lowcupisland.com, our website and on our Facebook page, we promote what we call our Kiss Method: keep it simple, sweetheart.
1: Keep it simple, sweetheart. And there is a lot of people get confused maybe with that. It means to kickstart yourself, to kickstart it and to keep it. It's a way you can eat every day, but naturally we evolve as time goes on and we get used to stuff and we'll start to experiment more Tweet with different. Things. Yeah, different. Different recipes, a bit more complex things. There are slightly to...
0: different variations that work for some people, don't yep. work for others. Some people can have dairy, some people can't. Some people can have, you know, a little bit of potato every now and again, some people can't. At the start, the kiss list is very succinct and I think works for most people.
1: It's the best way to kickstart you to then start to learn your body so you can then work from there and see what works for you to keep yourself in ketosis, to see what carb level you can have. Some people are more scientific. Other people, like myself, like to keep it as simple as it can be.
0: That's it. So I, know, I know what works for me is literally if I'm having bacon and eggs or eggs with some hollandaise or something very simple, like a three-egg omelette for breakfast, um, I normally then won't have lunch and I'll have... A dinner with a lot of cruciferous vegetables, which is your cauliflower, broccoli, um, your cabbage family, things like that, a piece of protein and some high fat. That's me for the day. Now, we'll put up recipes with desserts, but that's not an everyday thing that we're having. No,
1: that's something we would need to verify. So we have those dessert treats and a lot of that is shared between a bunch of people if we're having a dinner or so forth, and we're lucky to do that once a week. So people talk to us about sugar alcohols and things like mm. that. We don't have them every day, and that's the hard bit. It's why we created the KISS list, because once someone asks us questions, we'll get into it in depth more, but we don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed. We want everyone to know that this is such a simple lifestyle change. So when we get asked the question, do we use Xylitol? Yes, we do. But then if you, like anything, start to look into depth, we'd never recommend that every day. No, we don't have it in our coffee. Well, I think we bought
0: two kilograms of Xylitol at the start of 2015, It was still, we still had the tub in November.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we did. Not even two kilos, I don't think.
0: The amount we use is so small overall, but it's there as an option. You know, every now and again, you're going to want to crave, I mean, you will crave that treat. That's when you go to, say, our sexy strawberries and cream cheesecake or or something like that.
1: Tiramisu. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) But it's a treat. And think of it like a treat. And it's not the kind of treat where you've got to beat yourself up because you fell off the wagon. It's still a low-carb, high-fat treat, but it's not an everyday It Gives
1: you a treat. realistic option.
0: Yeah. Um, so they are there, but keep it simple, especially the first, say, 8 to 12 weeks. Really keep it simple, and what you'll find is your focus on food itself as a craving will, will die.
1: That, that does ease off.
0: That sugar addiction that's taken years to build will slowly die and fall away and
1: your curiosity will grow so we start to get questions when people are just starting we get a lot of we're just starting our low carb high fat journey what do you think about this what do you think about this and my answer to people just starting is just follow the food list and then as time grows your natural curiosity and curiosity at your own body Will grow and then it's and awareness to start. of
0: your own body at the same time.
1: Yeah, start to get a bit more in depth with things. Start to really understand different different methods with low carb, high fat, ketosis. Really starting to look into that in depth. Yeah. So I hope that helps people understand our personal journey.
0: Yeah. So we did. We kept it simple, and in the end, we both got below hundred kilograms. So we'd lost over one hundred and ten, over one hundred and ten kilograms between us. I'd lost more. Of course, you lost more. You're looking fantastic, by the way. Why, thank you. But um, that's that's our journey in a nutshell, in a low-carb, high-fat nutshell.
1: That is. And then I suppose for everyone who's followed us this year, some ups and downs this year, including with our low-carb, high-fat journey, um, especially for me, I had very optimistic ideas through my pregnancy. I 100% believe low-carb, high-fat is more than healthy for a pregnant person. I struggled with the expert advice and mm-hmm. the guilt. Obviously, we fought to fall pregnant for a long time. We tried and tried. So the moment we fell pregnant, my own personal knowledge was conflicted with what I was told by diabetes experts, et etc. et cetera. And again, which was all okay when it was me on my own. But when I fell pregnant, you didn't want to take any risks. So I started yeah, definitely to...
0: Definitely didn't want to jeopardise the baby. We kept low carb for most of the Oh, majority. Until well, I think the third trimester, they were really hammering look you've got to start eating this and, that and introducing this and that
1: and so yeah it was it was the third trimester so i introduced some carbs then and the moment i did my glucose levels and that went a lot higher they averaged though i'd love to everyone to know this average 4.4 4.4 and then four in the last three four, months f- yeah 4.0 throughout my pregnancy which is for a normal person that's Perfect. let alone someone with diabetes that wasn't medicated. At no point through my pregnancy did I require medication because when I did introduce the carbs that we were recommended to do by the Diabetes Association, uh, my sugar levels then went up to Mm 9. They were averaging 9 to 14 again. And after a few weeks of that, Derek and I spoke and realised we had to follow the knowledge we knew was right. And my levels went back down before they could make me have any medication.
0: Because, yeah, they they told you to start introducing these higher carbohydrate fruits and things for the baby's sake.
1: Yeah, for the baby's sake, even though my sugar levels were And then
0: three appointments later, they said, well, looking at these results now, we're going to have to put you on insulin.
1: And I gained. And you (laughs) gained. I gained over 10 kilos in those three weeks.
0: So it was, that was a very frustrating season and trying to find our way through that. Yeah. Um. It just underscored for us how true what we've learned with LCHF or low-carb, high-fat really is.
1: It is. And then with the lifestyle changes with Derek's work and so forth and being on the road, trying to find our feet with that, especially for me, having just had a baby, the emotions and so forth that go with that, has been a real learning curve. And it's had its ups and downs. I think that's why this year coming, or now actually, this is a new year for you it guys, is. that's going to be a lot more stable for us. We spent the last few months trying to make sure we're in the right place mentally, health-wise, so we're ready to help people again and to share what we've learned over this hard part.
0: Yep. And we will be... We mentioned a 100-day challenge that we ran in 2015. We will be running another one starting at the beginning of February, and there'll be a large lot of information coming soon to the Low Carb Island Facebook page about that.
1: Yeah, February, we've got a country music festival for Derek to perform at in January.
0: Yep, we're off to Tamworth. We're off to
1: good old Tamworth. Um, so we'll be running that in February. I've still got 30 kilos personally that I'm on a mission now to lose. I'm not in a rush, just on... I've got that goal in my head to get there. My main goal going forward in this year is to really work on keeping it stable with low-carb, high-fat through the travels. Yeah, consistency. It has been hard. And that affects my mental health.
0: Yeah, we're probably doing a couple of thousand kilometres a week, travelling all over um, Queensland to different venues where I'm playing my music. And most of those venues provide drinks and food and they love to provide it to us. And it's made um, finding our our consistency a challenge. But we're back, we're we're locked in and we're focused. And a lot of the venues now are actually um, supporting us as well.
1: Yeah, that's what we've spent the last month really getting that established so we're ready for this new year, this new season, to really share that journey with you guys. And then with my mental health, that was a big journey with my low-carb, high-fat. And I'm actually going through some postnatal depression at the moment, so I'm looking forward to seeing if I can avoid medication still and help that with low-carb, high-fat and the impact that will help.
0: One of the things with feeding our bub purely on breast milk Um, Talene's been uh, expressing... What do you, exclusively expressing? Exclusively
1: expressing, which means Pilot had a pretty bad tongue tie when he was born, which we did get reviewed and treated. It got cut, but he was not able to latch and has no desire to be anywhere near my breast.
0: (laughs) So Talene exclusively pumps um, every couple of hours every day and has done for the last five months.
1: Yeah, we've hit a five-month pump. That's been... um, emotional, time-consuming, pure tenaciousness and stubbornness has got us through that. And One one thing that's met
0: with the diabetes is because Delane's been producing so much milk, her body's actually been drawing um, on as much glucose as it could get and her sugar levels have actually dropped low, which is something we never saw with her type 2 diabetes um, the whole time previous to LCHF or on LCHF.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But yeah, so quite a few times it dropped quite low just because of the demand on the body for breast milk. Our body uses
1: our glucose to produce breast milk, so it doesn't get its carbs to produce it from food. It takes it from our body, aka through glucose. Wherever it can
0: get it, basically it wants to nourish the child.
1: Yeah, so every time I express, so breastfeed, my body is having to replenish itself and what happens then, having type 2 diabetes, it just drops dramatically low so that's seen me increase my carbohydrate intake while i'm exclusively expressing to probably around cost 60 it a, to
0: 80 grams a yeah
1: day. 60 to 80 grams which means i'm not losing now i'm just stabilized with my weight which i'm it's just it.
0: finding that sweet spot so and that's one of the things doing this as a lifestyle and not a diet there may be seasons where you do have to you know find your sweet spot again and tweak things a bit like
1: this season season, with yeah, expressing the breast milk. And I, I have to work hard to keep the milk up. So the carbs aren't needed to produce breast milk at all. I want to make sure that's clear because people get confused with that. That's a lot of advice out there. You don't need to consume carbohydrates to produce breast milk at all. My carbohydrate level has had to go up. We're still classed as a small amount, I'm still low carb, yeah. high fat because, because of, of the my diabetes. diabetes. So my body wasn't coping. And what happens then when I kept having low sugars, at one point the machine wouldn't even register they were that low mm. and they're averaging three, two um, 2.5 to 3, which was too low, my milk supply would start to slow down, which naturally happens with expressing anyway because I'm not getting that hormones from Pilot. So I had to keep those carbs up to keep that going. But it is a season and as he gets older and drinks less, that will go back to a normal Normal, Normal less amount. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: And when we say 60, 80 grams of carbs a day, as you know, we don't really count anyway.
1: I've never counted. It's not that we don't. I can actually let everyone know now. I get this question so much. I have never counted a carb, weighed a thing, measured anything. I've had weeks where I've actually gained and I've had weeks where I've not lost and I've gone, "Ah, okay, I probably had a little bit too much macadamia nuts, say, But I have never...
0: If you keep it simple, you can look back and say, all right, I introduced that or I had a bit more of that this week and that's why. And you can work out what is working without having to stress about cups and learning your body, learning the foods and becoming aware so that it's a sustainable lifestyle without some added stress.
1: Yeah. Looking at it just as a weight loss thing, I get the word program from people. I just wanted to try your low-carb, high-fat program or um, this diet it is a diet. Diet really is a way of eating. I don't use that term myself, but looking at it like that as a weight loss program, it's not going to work. It's not. It's just a lifestyle change.
0: You've you've really got to look at it as I've changed my lifestyle to eliminate these things that are detrimental to my health. And if you do that, you will lose weight. Consistently you will come back, gain health, and it may take a longer time if you're. Um, you know, slightly older, or if you've got different hormone levels in your body, there's a lot of different things that affect it, but it will happen. And no one gained the weight overnight. No one gained the weight in a couple of weeks. It's been years, like people slowly, 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 and you look back and all of a sudden you're obese. Well, it's not all of a sudden, it's a slow progression. And eating healthy, don't focus on a quick fix so that you can go back to eating junk. This is a lifestyle change, and it will see all those benefits come, but stay true to it.
1: Yeah, and this thing a lot of people are falling off the wagon and so forth. That's okay. I don't mind that term. Do you know what? Because it means that they look at that, the normal society's way of eating, as being the wrong way. Mm. They don't go, okay, I've lost a goal weight, I've got to this point now, I go back to eating what society told me was good, but my experiment on myself has shown me is not. They look at that and go, oh, you know what? I've just had a really big indulgent Christmas lunch. I feel really bloated and crappy, fell off the wagon. Tomorrow I go back to my everyday normal, which is low carb, high fat. So just look at that as a lifestyle change, and that's what we mean by that, and that's why we harp on at that. If you look at it like that, no matter what life throws at you, if you're emotionally start eating, if you, you know, you have a big event or a cruise, we see a lot of people go on cruises (laughs) that indulge for that two weeks. It means when you walk off that boat or get over that really dark place you're at for that period, you go back to what's normal, which is low carb high fat for you.
0: Excellent. That's really good. All right. Well, that's us. That's our story, I guess. And And where we're at now. So why don't we look at some listener questions that we've received through the Facebook page.
1: Sounds good. And yeah, that first episode in the New Year's, just so you guys get refreshed with who we are and where we're at with our journey, so we can kickstart this podcast for the year. So some questions, you reckon? Yep. Okay. You want me to read the questions out?
0: You read the questions. So
1: uh... our low-carb, high-fat group on Facebook, I asked some guys to give us some questions and I thought we'll answer a few of them today. Well, this one's from Erica. She just wanted our view or understanding on net carbs and sugar alcohols.
0: Okay. So sugar alcohols, they're alternate sweeteners that are things like xylitol, erythritol, molotol, all your tols. They're a thing called a polyol. Did you know that?
1: No, what is that? Yeah,
0: (laughs) I don't really care care (laughs) to know. It's a molecular thing. Basically, though, here's how we're going to explain sugar alcohols. They're sweet. They're not really absorbed by the body, and so if you have too much, you'll actually get stomach bloating. You'll get gas. You get all sorts of stuff because it's all there in your in your body getting churned up, but it's not being absorbed. Uh, it can have a laxative effect, but in small doses, it's a sweetener that really shouldn't affect your blood glucose levels too much. Shouldn't affect your carbohydrate intake. Therefore, Yep. Um, and it's something you can have in moderation probably the best of all of them would be erythritol okay um, do we use that my choice personally is xylitol yep and in our recipes we normally use xylitol uh, people can swap that out for stevia or erythritol whichever one they've found works for them
1: and i just want to interrupt for a sec i get some questions so people are like oh you said xylitol is okay i've had this a couple of times I didn't realise when I said that that's people consuming it every day. So there's people having, say, four cups of tea a day. With and putting
0: it. a couple of teaspoons. Yeah, through. a couple of yeah. teaspoons.
1: So they're substituting what they did with sugar with xylitol. I suppose I need to clear that up, as I did it earlier in the podcast. We use yeah, it's, that. It's a
0: sometimes treat.
1: Probably once a week, not And even. when we
0: do, say, make a cheesecake, it's not loaded, loaded, loaded with sugar. No. Or when I say sugar, sorry, with, with xylitol or the sweetener of choice. Um, it's a sometimes treat and see if it works for you, but...
1: Monitor your body like we said earlier. Like
0: we said earlier, give it 8 to 12 weeks of just sticking to the kiss list. Real simple, real foods.
1: Yeah, you got and that then... sweet thing, have some strawberries with some double cream. Yep. To keep it simple, that's where you're not going to get those sneaky carbs coming in from anywhere.
0: That's it. And then going forward with the lifestyle, you can begin to test these things in small amounts and give it a few days, look back, see if there's a, an effect on your body that's positive or detrimental, and go from there. So and I know
1: that can look daunting to people just starting. It really does help. Once you lower carbs, uh, it does help with that.
0: Yeah, it, it will start to suppress your appetite, as well as increasing your fats, which will keep you feeling fuller and nourished for a lot longer. Now, Erica also asked about net carbs. That's uh, a train of thought that's come from the Atkins School of Thinking, uh, they talk about net carbs. In Australia, that's not really relevant to us. The carbohydrates on the nutrition panel on our food is what they call
1: net carbs. Yeah, Australia, we already put our it Our total down. carbs
0: is net carbs. Um, in America, they list their total carbs differently. They include fiber, and if you're doing Atkins you subtract fiber from your total carbs to get your net carbs.
1: And there's two different kinds of fibers as well. The insoluble fiber cannot be absorbed and has no effect on blood sugar and ketosis. Mm -hmm. They used to think the opposite for soluble fiber that that could still increase it but a recent study has shown it actually helps to lower blood glucose so and it also assists in suppressing our appetite by fermenting in the large intestines and producing gut hormones so all around the fiber element which is what we take out of those net carbs
0: yeah we don't well we not don't. that we can at all but if you're looking talking about net carbs that's your total carbs less your fiber that yep. doesn't that's not relevant to anyone in Australia unless uh, you're referring to vegetables possibly. Yeah. Now, if people are looking up the carbohydrate content of their vegetables, if they're Googling that, Google being an American company is going to give you total carbs, which is your sugar carbohydrates plus your fibre carbohydrates. Uh, it's different total to how carbs, we, yeah. Yeah, which is different to how we work out carbohydrates on Australian packaging. Um, basically, <laughs> try and just go off the list.
1: Keep it above ground, avoid underground vegetables. A lot of the cabbage family is great. Um, The other thing that people can get confused with is the apps. So some people find it easier if they've got that thing on their phone that helps them with all this counting, if that's the way they're going to go down the path. Be aware that some apps say total carbs, some just say net carbs. You need to research those apps. I can't help you with that one only because I've never used them, so I'm not sure different apps have different standards for that.
0: Yeah, and it's not something we really recommend. I think just be aware of the quality of the food you're eating, the kind of food you're eating. If it's not come in a plastic packet, you know, it's either fruit, veg or meat. Or you know, There's only so many things it can be. We know we limit our fruits. We really limit them yeah, because I of the food. Yeah, I don't recommend person. really
1: anything besides berries.
0: No. Uh, vegetable-wise, you got your potatoes, your starchy root vegetables, things like that. They're higher in carbs. We limit them. So, but your leafy greens. Your broccoli, cauliflower, your cabbage, all that, they call them cruciferous vegetables. That family, they're beautiful. They're great for you. Um, And if you're having high fats, moderate protein, and then your good serves of leafy green vegetables and and other vegetables that we list on the list as far as eat lots of, you shouldn't really be overeating them. If you're listening to your body, you're only eating when you're hungry and you're stopping when you're satisfied, not because it's on the plate. Yeah. And don't just eat it because it's on the plate. This is a mindset that a lot of people still struggle with. Oh, I've dished up that's my portion, you know, or I can't waste it. At the end of the day, your if you're nourished, anything anyway. beyond that is waste. Yeah. It will either be stored as fat or end come up somewhere out else. As
1: waste. <laughs> yes. So
0: just because it's been chewed by your teeth doesn't mean that food wasn't wasted. Start to learn portion sizing by listening to your body.
1: And that comes with time. Don't overthink it. Mm. and I also, as I said, the fat with it makes a difference. You gave me a bowl of broccoli without the amount of butter that I like to lather mine with. I'd finish it really easy. Yeah. If, if it's got the butter on it, yeah, I'd struggle to finish actually a whole bowl of just broccoli and butter. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. That added fat to keep you satisfied and to not keep going Yes. is really important.
0: And this is why we say low-carb, high-fat. The high-fat is an important factor. The low-carb is what will make you lose weight. The high fat is what will make it sustainable and easy, almost, like to the point where you're not craving. It's the high fat that stops you craving. It's the low carb that makes you lose the weight, and it's finding that balance there. Um, someone else asked us about calories, did they, baby? Uh,
1: we've got here is here. Uh, Karina has asked our view on calories for weight loss. Okay.
0: Um, and this kind of follows on from that last question of where we were going. When you increase your fat, fat is a higher caloric food. Um, people worry about increasing that and then, oh, no, now I've had too many calories. The beauty of it is when you increase that, you'll actually overall eat less, lowering your total caloric intake. Um, it's it's a weird paradigm to think about um, eating a higher calorie food to overall eat less calories, but it does work. Now, Reducing your calories as a rule, and this is what most diets are based on, will make you lose weight. The old calories in, calories out principle. Now, there's been a lot of research showing lately that calories aren't equal. All calories aren't created equal. And they're not treated by the body the same way. We don't count calories. We don't count carbs. We don't count any of it in our personal Low Carb Island KISS method.
1: And I think we've got an interview coming up later on in the year with Sam yes Beltham, who yeah, actually, we'll put that up in a
0: few weeks time
1: yeah who actually talks to us about that calories he
0: does um but yeah so lowering your calories will help you to lose weight focusing on the lowered calories will make you feel restricted and will not make it sustainable yep agreed which is why we don't count we understand the principles and we just follow them and we trust that it will work
1: and as we have spoken about earlier, just to repeat ourselves, it's it's getting your pattern. So there's been weeks where I, I've said I've gained and so forth. I saw a pattern with that was I'd increased my nut nut and dairy intake. I had a lot more cheese and nuts in that week. So everyone's different. So you can, if you're not actually listening to yourself, and that was when I was studying. So I was sitting in a classroom and I just consistently snapped every day. And I didn't gain much. I think I actually just stabilised. I might have gained one kilo. But so you I was became able to, aware of I it. I became aware and then I took that the next week. It's if you're counting and you're monitoring this as a food plan, it's very hard to learn.
0: The numbers overall don't teach you a lot. It's understanding what the foods were you ate that affected it or what quantities. But exactly just looking at oh this many numbers. To me it's too much like homework, it's too much like Stress, and, and there's plenty of people that do it, and they find that way works for them. That way doesn't work for us, and we've seen so many people find success without having to stress about
1: calories. Yeah, candy. we're just keeping it down. It is. It's more the food, so calories aren't equal.
0: No, they're not. All right, have we got one more question to finish the program on?
1: We do. You'll hear Pilot throughout this one. He's just woken up, and you're going to hear him as we go. But the question's actually about the kids. It's from Lisa, and she said, what is our kids' favourite low-carb, high-fat recipe? I'll leave you with Derek for that one while I go grab Pilot. Well,
0: I might ask Dallas Gus that question. Dallas, what is your favourite out of all my low-carb foods that I make? What's your favourite?
1: I think it's your chalk mint ice cream. Yeah? You love that one? Yes, I do very much. It's very yummy and tasty.
0: Alrighty. Well, the choc ice cream. <laughs> you're awesome. You need to be an advertising. I think. Um, choc mint ice cream recipe. It's on our website.
1: It's my favourite too, actually. Oh no, the gingerbread ice cream.
0: Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing is the base for the ice creams is the same. So it's just changing which flavour you're adding there. Um, and when we do do the chalk mint one, it's with peppermint oil. You use very little. Yeah. It's and funny. some ninety percent lint chocolate, just sort of grated through. So. That's that's a delicious treat. Probably the other one I know that Dallas Gus loves is when we make our Fathead pizzas, uh, which isn't our recipe. We can't claim that one. But mm. you, you, like them? You like the Fathead? Yes. All right, so especially with pepperoni. Um, <laughs> you're hilarious, Gussie. Um, so the Fathead pizza, and you can find that recipe if you just Google Fathead pizza. Um, but lots we'll of we'll put that in the show notes as well because that's pretty awesome. So that's a good question, kids with LCHF. And Dallas has just sort of seamlessly incorporated um, into our lifestyle as well. He's Not that he's needed to lose weight or anything, but eating healthy is always a good thing.
1: Yeah, he has to eat what we cook. every <laughs> single good day, and it's pretty tasty what they cook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I think that's a good place to, uh, to leave our podcast today keeping it simple and real life. That's how we do it here at Low Carb Island.
1: It is. That's how our family life is well involved. So I'm looking forward to this new year with you guys, staying with our journey. You guys have supported us so much over the last year since Low Carb Island come yeah. out, and we just want it to go bigger and further and reach more people, share with our real stories.
0: Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number three, and we look forward to catching you back here. At the Low Carb Island Podcast real soon. Until then, I'm Derek.
1: I'm Tulane.
0: We'll see you soon. Bye. This has been the Low Carb Island Podcast. We'll be back with another episode real soon. Until then, keep up to date with our latest news on our Facebook page or check out our recipes at www.lowcarbisland.com.
1: It's very yummy and tasty.